Welcome back to Inside Voices, a teacher podcast by teachers for teachers, where we discuss all things education. I'm your host, Laura. And I'm David. And remember that in here, we use our Inside Voices. Okay, in this week's episode, we are going to be talking about student teacher and kind of, or student teaching, I should say, and early career teaching. Um, so we're going to start off, we have totally different experiences of student teaching because I completed the PGDE to become a teacher and you did the B.Ed. So what were your... False. Did you, oh, sorry. <laughs> he did the, the M.Ed.? False. <laughs> what did you do? I did the M.Ed. He's not got a degree, he just showed up. <laughs> Oh my goodness! We're losing the plot. <laughs> we just start this again. No, let's to... just keep rolling. Like I, we've already filmed an episode okay, after teaching. I need to stop wheezing when I laugh because I sound like that little thing in Toy Story. You know the little yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that's me every time sorry, I laugh. Do that again, sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I did six years of uni, two of which were not even teaching. I went to university for two years to do accountancy because I thought I was going to be a big banker guy and I never even mm. wanted to do that. I don't know why I chose it. I left school <laughs> early to do it. I don't even know what was going on there and failed my way through it. If anyone knows me, they know how bad I was at university. In those two years, I was 17. I played snooker all the time, never even got any better at snooker. You failing is not something that's like in my train of thought. Because yeah, I just of, see you as being so good, such a good teacher. Thank you. That I, I can't too. imagine you not being, <laughs> and obviously you're so good at football because you tell us yeah. every week about all the, the goals you score. I would have gone pro. Um, but yeah, so I did two years. I, I, failed, I genuinely failed exam after exam after exam because my heart was not in it. I did not, well that's cheesy. I didn't want to do it basically. And I yeah. wasn't very good at it. And so immediately I just, I was too young. Anyway, so I switched and kind of pivoted to teaching as a second choice. Like it wasn't my Initial. aim. But I, when I look back, I did work experience at as a teacher. I was in the schools. I was youth work. I've said this before in the podcast. I did all those things and I thought I'm actually quite good at them. And so why wouldn't I do that as a career? So that's how I got into teaching. I did four years of the MEDUC. I could have done the way it works at Glasgow University is that you do your four years you get your teaching degree. You actually get some master's credits. So it's called yeah, yeah. a master's diploma. Because we could submit our essays at master's level yep. and get master's credits. Yeah. So it's similar in that at the end of my four years, I had some master's credits towards to put towards a master's degree. And I could have done a fifth year. So glad I didn't, by the way. because The timing of that. The timing. Like the minute I came out of my probation year, I... We got a job right before COVID. Yeah. And if I'd waited a year. Truly like weeks before COVID. Like... Yeah. And I think we'll get onto the job situation. Yes. That's in one of your questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, from Instagram. But genuinely, the timing of that is amazing. And so basically, I came out of my four years with it, well, my six years with a teaching degree. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do the master's because I thought maybe a wee bit arrogant, but I think I also had done six years of university. Yeah, you and were I done. was like, forget this. Yeah, I, I needed that. to work. And plus, my mom and dad were like, when are you getting a job? <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. Get out of this house. So, yeah, there was part of that, to be honest, involved. Yours was totally different, though. You did yeah. a full degree. So, I I kind of didn't know what I wanted. I've, I've touched on this as well. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I leave. Leaved. Wow. Truly awful. It's been a long day. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do when I left school. I wanted to kind of be here there and everywhere to be honest what was your degree again i well my degree is in politics and policy um <sighs> basically 
Sorry. She liked arguing with people. You know, she was an argumentative, uh, yeah. an argumentative teenager. Um, but I did want to teach. You know, my work experience in third year was in, my, in a primary school. Like, I did want to do it. But when I left school, I thought, I don't want to spend four years doing something and that's my degree. And what if I hate it? And then I've got a primary teaching degree and I don't know what else to do. Obviously, now as an adult who's a teacher, I can say there's so many transferable skills in that. Yeah. So if I didn't want to teach, there would have been like hundreds of different options from there. But I did three years of politics and policy. And then I kind of applied to the postgraduate after the three years thinking this will be my experience year because I heard it took a really, really long time to get into. There's people who had been trying for years. And I was like, well, I'll do my dissertation. I was going to do my dissertation on the policy of hockey and how that was changing and like how they were taking out violence in the sport. It was really interesting. Random. I know, but I'd lined up all these interviews with these players that I had watched play and I was like, this is so exciting. I can't wait to interview them. And then I got into <laughs> the postgrad. <laughs> kind of disappointed I didn't get to do my dissertation on yeah. <laughs> the hockey side of things but totally unexpected mm. like I didn't think I was going to get into it but again I'm so glad because I wasn't going to take it I was going to say well you're going to be the youngest on this course which I was you're going to be like I basically came out of teaching or came into teaching the same time my friends who went to uni at the same age as me went into teaching because they did four years and essentially I had done four years just okay. I had done three years of one degree and then one of teaching. That's so interesting. So I thought you did the four years. No, I didn't. I've not done a dissertation. Neither I did didn't, I. I oh. was not required to do Guys, a dissertation. Here's a hack for you, right? I got, I got first class honours <laughs> without a dissertation. <laughs> and I didn't even do a dissertation. And we the reason that. for that is because they did the dissertation in the master's year, the fifth year. Ah, okay. So a master's so we level. Did, I always say this to like my brother and stuff, but we did do two essays at the end of our year and fourth year, which count the difference it was basically a dissertation it was the same word count as a dissertation yeah but it wasn't the whole project and the project manager and all that it essentially was just two essays so i think i wouldn't have got as good a degree if i didn't do a if dissertation didn't do it. yeah so or I, if i did a dissertation sorry because i just would not have the energy levels i mean for that. the joke's on me because i'm doing my master's now and um she's been doing it for five she's years she's been doing it since 2020 <laughs> She's doing her dissertation next year and I'm going to have not, not a clue what I'm doing because I've never done one before. But hey. You should do it on podcasts or something. Every day's, I'm actually going to do it on um, teacher, like social media, influencers. Interesting. I'm going to do it on that. You can interview me if you I want. I can interview you. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, you can tell me all your secrets. But obviously the, the placement situation is a huge part of student teaching. On the postgrad, I did three placements that were six weeks long. And obviously the postgrad's only a year. Really not a full year because you come in in August and you leave in... May. April, May. Right, yeah. I no, I finished my last placement around my birthday, so it was May. August to May, not even a full school year, is your teaching time on the postgraduate, and that you've got three placements. The way I went to Dundee Uni, our first placement could be anywhere. I was in primary seven for my first placement. Terrified. I came into teaching going, please do not give me primary seven. I cannot yeah. deal with primary seven. I'm not going to manage it. It's going to be so hard. Primary seven was my first placement and I loved every minute of it. I had the most amazing mentor who just to this day, I can still see parts of my teaching and mm. what she did. She was fantastic. It was a it was a brilliant school. The children were amazing. Like I still remember some of the children. Um, the school, it, you know, I, in terms of saying it, it was a, a brilliant school. It was a fantastic place to be. Like you just felt so welcomed mm. and... Um, it was just, it was a really great placement. I enjoyed it. Challenging, but I really enjoyed it. Then our next placement was lower school. 
Um, we also had to go into a nursery for a couple of weeks. Yep. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I could never be a nursery teacher. <laughs> don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. I, oh my goodness. Yeah. I couldn't cope in there. Like, I, that was so difficult. But our next placement was lower school. And I was going, please don't give me primary one. Got primary one. <laughs> <laughs> Total different ends of the spectrum. Uh-huh. Like that placement as well. Um, and then my final placement was primary seven again. And it yeah. could have been, it had to be upper school. Okay. And then when I went into my probation year, I got the middle. So I was like six, five. And I was kind of going, oh, I don't really have experience of this. I've only been in seven or one. So that was quite difficult because I literally had polarizing views and I'd only done three placements. Yeah. So when you were doing your course, the totally different placement setups. Yeah. I mean, ours was actually quite new as well, because when I speak to people from previous years, they did six weeks in first year, six weeks in second year, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But what we did was two days in first year. Ooh. Yeah, really, like two days, three days, I think it was, observing, just observing. Yeah. Which I could not stand because I just wanted to You want to do it. Yeah, teach. but you get to a certain point and you're like, okay, let me have yeah, a go. Like, you know, let me get up there. And then in second year, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think we did three, four weeks. Could have been That's shorter than lot. that. Like, I think it was maybe two or three. But by that point, you're like, you've been learning all this stuff at uni. You want to put it into practice. And then by third year, which... I've got a grape with what we'll come back to. By third year, we did six weeks and six weeks, I think, because I was at the same school but in different year groups. So I went before Ooh. Christmas and then I went after Christmas. And like a different teacher? Primary different... six, primary one, All right. which was good. I went back to that school for my probation year. So I went back after yeah. third year because the head teacher thought I was a fourth year student and requested me, but I was a third year student. <laughs> and I was like, I'm really sorry, but I've got another year of university to do, but it's still the request sat. Yeah. So she requested me and I still went to that school. Oh, that's amazing. And then in fourth year, we did 12 weeks, oh. just straight 12 weeks. And that was just after Christmas. So it was like yeah. 5th of January, the kids were coming back and it went till middle of March, I, I think. I guess there's like benefits to both of those though. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the big gripe I have with that system was that people in my year got to third and fourth year and didn't know whether they could teach or not. Yeah, you're not getting a and lot of hands-on experience. Years. Whereas in the postgrad, you're teaching from week one. It's like there. Like you literally, you go in week one and you teach. Yeah. You're expected to do a small group or you're expected to do like a little bit. Obviously, you're expected to assist with teaching. But from from like the first week, I mean, I, I think by the third, fourth week of my placements, you had full day responsibility. Oh, yeah. And actually, you always pushed it as well. You were always like, can I just, can I just have... You know, it was always a yeah. week before or like, and you'd be like, I've been observing for two weeks. Please, can I just teach? And then most teachers would be like, yeah. Like, Have a go, yeah. Exactly. But I think what, what I've really felt sorry for people, I really felt sorry for people in my year because they realised that they didn't want to be a teacher too late. Yeah. And the reason for that is in Scotland, if you fail a year of university, you get a backup year mm-hmm. funded. So, for example, when I was uh, an accountancy... I did two years failed, so I went then and pivoted to teaching, so I had to pay one of my teaching yep. years tuition. Now, to be fair, it's nothing, it's for just tuition it's nothing well, like yeah. what English people have to pay or what Northern Irish or whatever have to pay, and genuinely a fraction of what they have to pay. But you get your course length, whether it's four or five years, plus one. Yep. And so a lot of people made it to second year, third year, decided to drop out and it just wasn't an option for them to go back and do something else. It wasn't an option for them to go to another course because they couldn't then afford to pay for two other years of university. Yeah. And I just felt like, mm, 
it could have been done differently. Even just a couple of weeks in first year to give people that just experience. Just a bit of time yeah. to and see then if they like it. And then just bulk it up, spread out the second and third years. To be honest, I felt like our degree could have been done yeah. in, well, it could be done in a year, but... But teaching isn't what people expect a lot of the time. And I think that's where it's uh-huh. difficult, especially if you're coming in young. If you're coming in at 17 yep. and you're going straight into the four-year course, I think that's where the PGDE, there's that... Or PGCE, it's the same thing. It's Certificate of Education or Degree of Education. They're the same. Diploma. Diploma of Education. Um, I think that's where they have that benefit that there's a bit more life skill there. Like I said, I was the youngest in my course, so I didn't have the same level of life skill. A lot of the time people coming into the postgrad are mature students who have gained those people skills, gained those life skills, gained that life experience. Know what it is to go nine to five at a job and treat university like that. uh And then come in. Whereas if you're younger... You don't have that. But also, even when you come in as a student who's worked a job, you've been, you know, you've got that life experience. Teaching is still not what you expect. No. Teaching is, you can't describe teaching to someone who's not in it. I don't know how you would actually be able to put that across in a way of, you know, I'm not sitting here trying to toot my own horn that it's a really hard job. Loads of jobs are hard. Of mm-hmm. course they are. But I, It's unique. I, it's so unique. You could not possibly fathom all of the things a teacher has to do and then you're sitting in front of children for six hours. So when do you do the rest of it? Yeah, It's so unique. It's such a unique situation. Imagine you were working your nine to five or your eight to four, whatever it is you're working. And for 80% of that day, it's, oh, by the way, you're sitting in a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and then do the rest. <laughs> yeah. Like do everything else at another time. Uh-huh. And also you cannot go to the toilet anytime you want. <laughs> you're holding it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's totally unique. Like I... I struggle to explain it. Like, obviously, I've spoken about my brother before because he does not listen to this podcast. And then sometimes he mentions it and I'm like, oh, cheeky wee episode listen. But he, <laughs> he won't click on it. But I, He'll never admit it. Yeah, exactly. But his uh, career is law. And I actually had the opportunity to go and be a lawyer when I was switching from uh, accountancy to teaching. I had a place at Aberdeen Uni for law. For some reason, I didn't take it. I just wanted to do teaching i don't know i had a place for like a bunch of different things something in his mind telling him thought, not to mm, do it yeah the holidays maybe <laughs> uh, Classic. but his like his work he very very rarely thinks about work after work and very rarely whilst he works longer hours i'll give him that very rarely brings work home yeah to do now to be fair i very rarely bring work home as well but but the majority of teachers do. Yeah. And I think that's just my life circumstances that allow oh, me not course. to do that. But for most professions, it's much more unique. Like you could say law and accountancy are pretty similar. You're in the office nine to five, you've got your meetings, you've got your clients, you've got your emails. Teaching, even my job compared to yours, is completely different. Oh yeah, like we're, yeah, totally. As You're teaching different stages, you're teaching, you might have like a curriculum specialty that you're teaching, that there's yeah. so much to it. And I think... That's one of the things I get asked the most in my videos. If there's a student teacher looking for advice, it's always how do you balance that? Mm. So how do you know when to stop with the paperwork and continue with the teaching? And obviously as a student, you have to write full lesson plans. Oh my goodness. Please tell me the last time you wrote a full lesson plan. When I was a student. (laughs) (laughs) Full lesson plans. And I totally get it. See, at the start, I did not have a scooby about the curriculum. That's such a Scottish thing to say. I didn't have a scooby. I did not know (laughs) anything about the curriculum. And when I was sitting in a lecture, I remember looking at that curriculum for excellence page and they were scrolling through the maths one or something. And it looked like they had just put up like the Enigma code on the screen. I'm like, huh? 
what does this mean? What are these numbers? It's overwhelming. Like, I have no idea. And then when I got into teaching, I was like, oh, this makes sense. I get it now. And it just kind of clicked. Mm-hmm. But that's why the lesson plans are really, really important. I know as you get further into your student teaching, you become more confident with the curriculum and with the teaching. And you kind of think, I don't need to write down all of my key learning teaching points. But you just don't realise the benefit of it at the time. Yeah, I think you've got to get that basis, don't uh-huh. you? I think early on, you have to learn how to lesson plan in that full way. Do you need to do it for every lesson? No, when I was in fourth year doing my 12-week stint, I was taking the class for eight weeks. So in week four, me and my teacher had that conversation, like, you do not need to do a lesson plan for for five no. lessons a day. And we got in touch with my tutor and the tutor said, no, like long-term plans for this point. Yeah. So you would do like a weekly plan yeah, or a two-week plan. we shifted to long-term as well. Yeah, we shifted to long-term. And I think that is more realistic, but it's really overwhelming. Because Keeping on the top, fail. The fail. The fail. <laughs> and to be honest, now it's worse. And let me tell you why. Because... Even if you, you don't want to know, he's it. telling you why. What? <laughs> Even if you don't want to know, he's telling you why. Well, nowadays, it's all online, isn't it? Yes. The whole When I was teaching, or doing my student teaching, they gave you the option. So that was the first year they said, we might move online, so you can either do a paper file or you can do an online file. I opted for the paper, paper file, all three. And 100%. I love I love technology. Like, I love it. But, but it paper gave file. you that control. I mean, now... And it also gave me this, the kind of... If I've printed it, if I've read it, if I've written something, it's there, it's ticked, it's done. Whereas yep. if it's online, I can kind of like forget, forget it. Yeah. it exists. Well, the, the difficulty now is, or the <laughs> the difference now is that your tutor can access that at any point, yeah. correct? Yep. Yep. So Were if you you're not file- organised, Mr. Organised Educator? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're seeing behind the curtain. <laughs> I think like, for me, my file, I was always on top of it. I never let it slip. But I had the opportunity to let it slip for a week. And my file was only going to get read when my tutor came out to read it. Like, Uh or do my final crit, as it was called when I was at uni. Um, I don't even know what it's called now, your final observation. Yeah, an observed lesson. Yeah, so when they came out to do that, they read my file for an hour. Now, me and my tutor were like that. We were besties i was sucking up big time she was like in her final year ready to retire we both liked hill climbing i was sending her pictures of me up ben nevis and stuff like we were it's nice to have somebody like that though (laughs) it makes a difference and then that was third year and she then retired and i got another guy and he was nice as well but we always had our file read on the day and then that was it my tutor sat with it in front of him like i remember And I remember my first placement, my teacher, she was like, okay, I'm going to make him a cup of tea and I'm going to get biscuits. Find out what biscuits he likes. (laughs) (laughs) And it made me, like, it actually made me laugh so much, which was like, no, I'm serious. Like, find out his favourite type of biscuit. You know, when you're sitting in your tutorials, (laughs) is he eating a biscuit? What biscuit is it? (laughs) She had, like, the nicest person ever, honestly. She had, like, a cup of tea waiting for him. And like biscuits laid out for him, and then my oh, file was sat there, and I could just see him at the back, like in the biscuit, looking through the file. <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is sweetening them up a little bit. Yeah, but now it's like, <laughs> it's all yeah, all online. If you're not up to date, they can access it, and then yeah. it's like boom, caught. Whereas when we were at uni, everyone left their file to the last minute, pretty much. Mm. 
I know so many people that crammed their file on the day before their crit. I don't know how they did it. They literally had like 20 lesson plans I to write. I would be in tears. <laughs> yeah. I would be sobbing. 100% so would I because I like to keep it on top of things and I didn't like to work at the weekends. But you had the option at least. Yeah, definitely. definitely. You've had students yeah. recently. And Big differences now? A lot of differences now. Another difference I've noticed is it's, there's no formal observ- observations from the teacher. So when I was mm. doing my placements, and I don't know if that's a uni difference, maybe Strathclyde have never done this. And I don't know, I went to Dundee, Glasgow. Dundee did, I don't know. But when I was in uni, I had on my list, like, okay, say I had four, five days, like a whole week's responsibility. Within that, I had to have two formal observations from my teacher. And it could be on anything. Yeah, I'm the same, yeah. And they had like a kind of sheet in front of them it was like a tick box and it went through the different standards so um in scotland we have the gtcs standards we have to meet so professional values satisfactory unsatisfactory satisfactory what's that standards for registration yeah and then there was at the bottom like kind of what went well what to improve on like basically what we would get now if we're getting observed so when we get observed by management there's a sheet oh mine's just tomorrow (laughs) there's a sheet that they have and they go through and they say you know i observed this satisfactory and then there's pointers and it's never i think you all you're there's always something to work on in a lesson oh yeah like student or teacher who's been teaching for 30 years there's always something definitely but we did that in uni and it was i actually quite liked that because then it gave me something to say right I need to home in on learning intentions or home in on. And although you still have those discussions, you know, after each lesson I watch, we'll sit and say, okay, what do you think went well? Um, What do you think you need to change? And we'll have those conversations, but there's not really any record of it. Right. Okay. And I don't know if it's just me thinking when I would go home, I would forget because... I, mm-hmm. I'm a forgetful person. Um, and if you've got it written in front of you, you can yeah, like, attack those yeah, points, basically. There, I can say, you know, okay, that was something I need to focus on more next time. So that doesn't seem to happen. Again, that could be a uni difference rather mm-hmm. than a difference in time yep. um, from when I was I was at uni. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's, yeah, that's a uni weird. difference or not. Maybe. I've got a great question, right? <laughs> Can you remember something you did that was pure cringe when you were a student? When I was a student? Uh Uh-huh. I can't remember cringe, but this makes me cringe. Like, I wasn't cringe, but this makes me cringe. This picture, this, right? First placement, first lesson that you're teaching. Uh Uh-huh. I, when I start teaching, you go out and you buy a teacher wardrobe, right? You're like, I need to look professional (laughs) because I'm 20 years old. Like, I don't have professional clothes to wear. So I can't come in in jeans. Went and brought these really cute little tartan trousers. I was like, dress confident, feel confident. First lesson, you got this. Looking cute. Dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Does she not rip her trousers? (laughs) Two minutes. Why did that sound so dandy? Before I know, sorry. (laughs) East Coast. Two minutes before I go to teach my lesson. And it's not even like a trouser rip at the bottom, like a trouser rip that you can conceal. No, no, no. It is a bad trouser rip. Cannot stand up. Oh, no. So the whole lesson, I'm sat like this on the chair teaching. Like I am sat teaching in a chair, which is like a big no-no, right? Don't sit down. (laughs) If your kids are all sitting at their desks, Mm. I'm not sitting on my chair. The only time I'm sitting on my chair is if they're on the carpet, like right in front of me. I'm sitting the whole lesson. And at the end, my teacher, so sweet, my mentor, loveliest person. She was like, that was really good. But were you nervous? Because you sat down the whole time. She was like, you know, you don't want to sit down. You could be up, moving around, walking around the tables. And I just had to go, "Um, yeah. And I just stood up and I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you because the children were coming in from the lines and I bent down to get something and ripped my trousers. Unreal. So not cringe, like I didn't do anything embarrassing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but internally I remember that moment and I'm Truly like, mortifying. why did I not just say 
Do you know that to this day I still have a pair of trousers in my class in case that happens? I have a pair of trousers and That's I have a pair of shoes. Smart. Like trousers and shoes and my cupboard. They've been there since I started school, so <laughs> do they fit me anymore? Probably not, but <laughs> they're there. Right, wait for this. I've got like a list. I could genuinely tell you a list of cringe things I did as a student, and I'd, and my brother could also tell you an even longer list. Like my fourth year placement, I just actually look, think back and be like, ah, oh, why did I say all those things? <laughs> anyway, like one of our topics was a circus. Oh. And I bought a top hat and came in dressed. <laughs> came in dressed. <laughs> No! Hugh Jackman, eat your heart out. <laughs> it's given the greatest showman. Anyway, that was horrific. But <laughs> just like pictured me walking in with a top hat. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, the most cringe. And the person won't even remember this, but it was just me. I had taught with this person for six weeks. My primary one, third year placement. Brilliant teacher, got on really well, really like really good working relationship. I could not stand primary one before doing. That. I just thought it was never going to be for me, and she just actually like made you love it. Made me love it, yeah, exactly. And I loved that placement. So I went in. I think it was yeah the last day, and we were you know giving gifts, hugging, saying goodbye, all that thing. It was just before Christmas. It'd been this whole big thing and everything, and. And as we're hugging, she was like, it's been it's brilliant to have you and all this. And I just didn't, I just, I just said, yeah, it was lovely to see you. Been teaching with you for six weeks. And I think about that every day of life. Oh, Lovely to see you. That's a, yeah. It's like when someone, you're going through the drive-thru and they say, enjoy your food. And you go, thanks, you too. You too. And she just looked at me like, what? <laughs> She'd give me all these gifts and I was like, nice to see you. Bye. I remember my second placement, my mentor teacher was the daughter of my high school history teacher. Okay. So I didn't know this until I came in one day and she was like, oh, did you go to such and such school? And I was like, yeah. And she went, oh, my dad was your history teacher. And instantly I just went, oh no. <laughs> and I loved history. I loved him as a teacher as well. He was the best teacher ever. Like seriously, uh -huh. he was so good. And it was just basically me and all the boys in this history class. Like hangs I was out, Hangs out with the boys because it's less drama. <laughs> <laughs> She's a pick me girl. Truly me, though me and one other girl in this history class and all they used to talk about was football. So he used to teach in the context of football. And I'm sitting there like, I haven't got a clue what's going on, right? Uh -huh. Not to be like stereotypical, but I don't know what's happening here. She's a hockey girl. I, I remember when she said that, I just kind of went, uh-oh. <laughs> and it made it look like I was like a really badly behaved yeah. fifth and sixth year. And I'm like, oh no, have I just made it look like I was an awful student? Like, have, have I just really outed myself? I wasn't. Yeah. But... She went, no, 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 it's a good thing. He remembers you, like, you were good. And I'm like, whoo, this could have gone a different way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I know, and teaching is such a small world. If I get yeah. any piece of advice for a student teacher listening to this, do not talk about other teachers because they will probably yeah, know. Yeah, they know each other. Each other yeah. somehow. Yeah, 100%. I've not been stung by that, but I almost got stung by that. And actually, I had a very good teacher in second year and... We met up with other students and one of the students was just kind of complaining about their teacher and like this and that. And we went yeah. back and we're like, oh, did you hear this about that teacher? And she was like, I'm going to have to stop you there. Don't speak about other teachers. And we were like, oh, but 
like, have you ever met them or anything? Do you know them? She was like, no, but you just don't know yeah, who, knows who knows each other in this profession. And you're going to get a name for yourself if you start yeah. speaking about this head teacher, that deputy, that P- PT, this teacher that they had. And I've taken that like... So literally, since yeah. I was a student second year, as the best piece of advice ever because everyone knows everyone. Yeah. It's so weird. That's true. And you can just get caught like that. Even if it's genuine, even if you're in the right, you can get caught so quickly. Yeah. And I think that's such a good piece of advice. Yeah. If you've been enjoying listening to the podcast, please leave a five star positive review wherever you listen. It's time for listener voices where we hear from you, our listeners. So with this episode being about student teaching, obviously we want a big portion of that to be from student teachers because we are not student teachers, I've mentored student teachers, but we are not students in this current day and age. So I popped up a little TikTok story and asked for some sort of feedback and things that student teachers would like us to talk about um, in this little section of the podcast. So one of the main things that came up and came up multiple times was workload in terms of lesson planning, evaluations, uploading evidence and assessment. It's insane. I was up till 1, 2 a.m. most days um, and worked every weekend. And I'm glad to say probation is much better, but it still has its challenges. We've obviously touched on workload a little bit in terms of student teaching workload, but did you find there was a big difference between your probation and your student teaching years? I don't know about my probation. Yeah. I I find a difference. I find a difference now. So like as a teacher, as a student teacher, I worked and worked and worked and basically saw it. This is a 12 week project. Yeah. And there's no end that was a student teacher. Like there's always something to do or add. Yeah. But I had that in my that okay, you were okay I had, with it? I had that in my head that I was okay with it and I had an end goal in sight of this is 12 weeks, this yeah. is not real life, get through the 12 weeks and perform at your best level for 12 whole weeks. Now I'm not going to say I performed at the best level I could have every day, but what I did do was go over and above all the time. Mm-hmm. In my probation year, I would say I carried that on to an extent yep. until I got sick and then I was like, okay, yeah. chill out. Yep. But compared to my teaching now the workload levels are so much different you couldn't keep the workload level of a student up as a teacher and I think if you're not get high workload as a a student teacher then there's probably something not right yeah if you're not thinking there's tons to do then I would have a rethink yeah for me it was the lesson plan and it was keeping up with the file it was the reflections I forgot about them but the reflections at the end of the day every day you had to do a reflection the reflections are a lot and type them all out and get them done but it's interesting to note parts of practice that teachers kind of forget exist I don't say forget exist but when I'm thinking of like my teaching process I go okay I'm teaching today area it's the first lesson of doing area here's how I'm going to introduce the skill and I just take for granted that I know that's how to introduce the skill because I've done it you know with every class whereas as a student teacher you kind of go oh wow it was a good way to introduce that skill and you you can note it in a reflection which is useful for other placements if you've observed um, someone doing it you know it's yeah i think all of these things that you do as a student teacher are useful Mm -hmm. they're not sustainable as a teacher in the profession and i think you need to be aware of that that student life as a student teacher is not the same as being a professional no there are other challenges that come with being a professional i think you could talk to us more because you've had students in the past about the differences between professional paperwork and student paperwork yeah 
they are, I mean, as a student, obviously, you do have a lot of paperwork to do, but also when you're mentoring a student, I know that people have sometimes got bad experiences from being a student teacher. Of course, I'm not absolutely not downplaying that. But as a teacher, I didn't realise how much work mentoring was. If you're doing it right, if you're dedicating the time to it, mm-hmm. as you should be, because as a teacher, you agree to have a student or you request to have a student. So you should be willing to dedicate that time. But as a teacher, it's a lot of work because instead of having that half an hour, 40 minutes after work to mark and do my paperwork, you sit with your student. And I don't grudge it at all. I totally I actually enjoy doing it. But you just don't, as a student, really see the paperwork side of things that we have to do. So, you know, like parents night prep and parents meetings and then signing staff meetings and going to trainings and all those things you and don't phone calls see. And policy documents. Yeah, like you don't see that going into it. The planning takes a lot less time as an official, like as an official teacher, like as a graduated teacher, the planning takes a lot less time. Yeah. Um, but that's just because you're used to the curriculum and the delivery of it. And once it, you've it, taught a couple of years, I find it easier you're to more just confident. Like, I yeah. know that I'm supposed to be here, here and here by July yeah. or by August or by whatever. Why yeah. I say August, you don't teach in August. <laughs> I know I could be here by, by September and June or whatever. I yeah. need to hit these And you have reference points from markers. the previous years and things, whereas as a teacher, a student teacher, you don't have any reference points. And six weeks is a short period of time 12 weeks is a short period of time Um, which kind of comes on nicely to one of the other questions that someone said or the points that someone raised sorry is that actually how do you build relationships with someone in six weeks because it's not a long time as a student teacher in a class yeah because relationships are at the heart of teaching and that also another person had said because they kind of said the same points. They said, you know, we've got six weeks to build relationships and they always say that's the key to behaviour management. But I find it hard because students are aware you're a student teacher, Mm. you're going to be leaving soon and you are not a fully qualified teacher, but it's also not enough time to build a relationship to rely on that as behaviour management. And that's a really hard but interesting point. Interesting point. Personally, I've never, this isn't just, I think I was a bit of a novelty going into a primary school. Yeah. So I think I had a little bit of an upper hand as in terms guy, of I as think a guy. You do, yeah, have that. As I was going in, because a lot of the kids I taught as student as a student teacher had never been taught by a male. Yeah. So it was maybe their first experience. I never really struggled with behaviour management or building relationships. But again, I was in classes that had good teachers. I was in classes that had solid behaviour management that before I went done. in. So I think that helps definitely. But also as a mentor, coming from the flip side, you all sh- also should be explaining that to your class so before my students come in I set my class down and I say someone's joining our class and they are learning to be a teacher the same way that I had to learn how to be a teacher the same Mm -hmm. way I had to learn how to teach primary four the same way you have to learn how to do certain things and I flip it on them and I say if you're trying to learn from me and then I all of a sudden just start getting up (laughs) and try to wind you up or if I just get up and decide I'm not listening to you yeah are you going to learn anything? No. Are you going to, you know, and I, I'm quite honest with them and I say, but I think a lot of student teachers come in as well. One of my students said, oh, I'm just a student teacher. And I was like, no, 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 you're not just anything. No. You have to come in there and say, I'm a teacher. I'm learning to be a teacher, but you're mm-hmm. not just anything. And I think it's having that line of authority with, yep. so be clear with your students, be clear with your, and if you're not sure, ask your mentor, mm-hmm. where is that line? So what line is it where you deal with behaviour and where does it cross to your teacher? And as a mentor teacher, you have to let things happen progressively and naturally, 
obviously if it gets to the point where you need to step in because someone really isn't listening and it's early days and they're ruining a lesson you would never let it get to that point but you do have to let low level level things happen so that students can learn how to deal with it because that's a realistic classroom yeah what was that point that someone put Um, on that you told me about earlier and it's the powerpoint the, oh yeah, someone commented. <laughs> this is m- disclaimer: so- I do not know this person. This was on my TikTok. Anonymous, I don't, don't know, know who this person is, but they said that in a placement they had a teacher who wouldn't let them touch the laptop. <laughs> so they were doing a oh, whole lesson and like clicking through a PowerPoint, but they weren't allowed to click the slide onto the next slide. So the teacher so- would get up and move it when she'd finished her point. That is not. If you're a mentor, please don't do that. Please don't do that. That's called <laughs> to your students. Like that's called micromanagement. What's that teaching them? Like what is that <laughs> teaching people? But yeah, you have to kind of. And if you're not sure of anything on like the kind of boundaries with your teacher, ask. Yeah, like, I think the, the observations. It, yeah, don't but, take it for granted. Just ask. Yeah, see the, the first two or three days that you sit and you observe. That's when you should be asking questions. M- yeah, ask that's how did you, you get ask. that learning attention? How did you get that success criteria? Yeah. How did you? You know, I noticed when this child was talking, you dealt with it differently with how mm-hmm. you dealt with this child talking. Yeah. What How are do your you know? Rules? Yeah. What are your values in the class? What are the school policies? Get a copy yeah. of your school policy documents, your behaviour management uh, documents, how they deal yeah. with bullying, how they deal with online stuff. Like, get all that yeah. documentation and, and it'll keep make your it look teacher good. in the loop as well. Even if it's yeah. something you've dealt with and you know that, right, okay, that was okay for me to deal with, your teacher still needs to know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, say it's a fallout in the playground and they've come to you and it's not that serious still just say to your teacher, oh, hey, by the way, they were on the way up the stairs, they were having a bit of an argument and I shut it down. Mm -hmm. Just let us know. Just because if that comes back to us as a mentor and someone says, oh, did they fall out the other day? And you're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Because the the students will come to student teachers with things because you're an adult in the room, they get to know you, of course they will. Just make sure you're passing it on. Even if it's not something for your mentor to deal with, just pass it on to like, just so we're aware um, of the situation. But another one as well, which is a real tough one for me, you're basically working a full-time job mm. in the classroom teaching, but you get no money for it. I can't. I was so scant in my Yeah, that's a really tough one. I think, well, I don't know about you, but I had a Saturday job and I'm, you know, sometimes in the nights as well. Um, and I worked that up until my last placement, but I just took the decision to save. And then on my last placement for 12 weeks, I just didn't work. Yeah. And thankfully I had enough in the savings that I could kind of do that I'd planned ahead for that with SAS as well which is in Scotland that's like our student loans company Um, but also I did a bit of tutoring on the side which brought in a little bit as well which kind of like kind of tipped me over a wee bit but it's so hard you literally are working a full time job I don't think there's really any advice we can give for that part I mean I didn't work during my postgrad obviously different situations again I worked full time during my undergrads Mm -hmm. Did I go to uni as much as I should have? No. no. <laughs> but I, I know people that literally I, I went to placement like and then worked. I worked full-time. Like I worked 30, 40 hours some yeah. weeks. And then more than that during the summer when we were off and basically just saved, like you that said, my it. whole was, last yep. year of wages. I knew that's where I was going. Yep. I took every extra shift and I saved and saved and saved so that when I came to my postgrad, I could still kind of yep. do what I needed to do. That was so heavily Which obviously was though. my circumstance. I don't have children to pay for, so completely different I I went to university with people that went to placement and then left at four and went and worked at a bar all night and then went to placement worked till four went and worked at a bar and I do not know how they did it how it didn't break do you sleep at any point but there's not really any advice we can give for that because it's it's so rough you've got to find what what works for you it's not changing anytime soon absolutely and then 
another couple, um, last two that I think kind of stuck out. Um, I've applied to teaching this year and have a few worries. One of the main things is trying to ignore a lot of the negative opinions of teaching right now, particularly on social media from current or ex-teachers. There seems to be a major focus on how challenging it can be over the reward. There also seems to be a lot of talk about lack of jobs and lots of teachers leaving the profession. I think it is coming from a place of teachers feeling underappreciated, but I sometimes worry I'm making the wrong decision don't get me started on quit talk have you been on quit talk remember tiktok's an algorithm right so once you watch a couple even if you're not agreeing with what you're watching you're on it like not the same but that dancing skeleton video (laughs) (laughs) i have seen hundreds of these because i think they're so funny and i watch them all okay (laughs) and when this episode comes out that'll be so off trend yeah it's not gonna be on this was a halloween trend but anyway no i think it's an algorithm right so if even if you're not agreeing you're getting it so get off of it at one point click not interested get off of it it almost got me at one point because you were watching these people that seem to have it all together and they seem to quit their job as a teacher and they go to somewhere else now don't get me wrong look you can go and make all this money doing something else and And then they try and sell "Mm." you something and you're like that is not what (laughs) is going on here but i think generally i agree with the point that there is a lot of negativity online at the moment around teaching does that transfer into real life i don't know but that's kind of like if you look on like reviews of restaurants and stuff people very rarely come on to say something positive but they always come on to say something negative because a lot of the time people are it's a cry for help I'm not going to sit here and say teaching is the easiest job in the world. Teaching is hard. Teaching is overwhelming, but it's peaks and troughs. Some days are easier than others. Some days are harder than others. I think you have to love this job to stay in it. You Mm. have to have your heart in it. You have to give it your heart. You have to give it your soul. It can't be your life, but you do have to enjoy it. And if you're not someone who enjoys it, I don't think there's any way to make you enjoy it. I honestly thought you were going to break out into the climb by Miley Cyrus. It's the climb. (laughs) There is always going to be another mountain and I'm always going to want to make it move. Next slide. (laughs) But it's, I mean, I could see from that point, if you've applied, you're thinking, oh, am I making, especially with the job situation in Scotland right now. England, different story. I think in England, it's still hard to get a job. But in Scotland right now, virtually impossible. it's virtually impossible to get a full time permanent contract. What I would say to that, though, is... That changes all the Constantly. time. When I came out of university five years ago, they were like really struggling to hire teachers. And then COVID hit and it was it yeah. just Well, the year that head. we got hired was kind of the start of the decline. But when I was going through university, yeah. it was always like, oh, you'll get a job easy. You'll get a job. You'll get a job. Get a job. That's yeah. why I didn't do the master's because like, you get a job, no problem. It's going to be fine. You're a guy, you'll get a job, that kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, of course. And then actually it was a bigger struggle to get a job. Yeah. But it comes in waves it really does and if you come out at the wrong time you might just have to grin and bear it for a year or two with a supply that is me saying that i understand that's a position yeah. of privilege but a lot of people have done that over the years yeah. it's been like every 10 years or something that go up and down and up and down i don't know what the fix and is so that's a, a systematic yeah. issue that comes from well above us sitting on a podcast talking about it and my heart breaks for the amount of phenomenal teachers that are not in the profession but not through choice like my friend that I trained with at uni she went on to mat leave um she had her baby right after we qualified mm-hmm. um she is a phenomenal teacher like when I tell you she is a phenomenal teacher she was you know when you watch people and I'm like this is what you were meant to do yeah this is what she was meant to do she is unbelievable she can't get a job 
and she's quit teaching. She, she she can't sit around and wait for supplies. She's got two kids, but she can't sit around yep. and wait for something to come up. So I totally get that. But also, if you're going into your student teaching, don't worry about that right now because you get your probation year. Mm-hmm. And I know it might feel like you're wasting your time, but it's always something you can come back to as well. Yep. You know, you can do supply and supply is one of those things. Sometimes there's loads, sometimes there's hardly anything. But like you said, it's it's peaks and troughs. It comes and it goes. Yeah. We are obviously sitting in a very fortunate position sitting with permanent contracts. So I don't want anyone to think and listen to this and think we're being condescending or we're not aware of the fact that it's a massive issue after probation year in Scotland. But it is a systematic issue that if we continue to speak about it, hopefully there'll be a change. Yeah. And all we can do is continue to speak about it and continue to show the people making the decisions that hey there's great teachers out there that you're losing and something needs to happen yeah. to keep these people in the profession what is it like one in was it one in five teachers leave before five years five years yeah is that correct? Really, or is it, I think really it actually might even be more than that it's really high but if you are the person who wrote this comment don't worry about the fact thinking you're doing the wrong thing yeah. make your own mind up don't let people on social media who are on quit talk, as you said, make the, your mind up, your mind up for yeah. you. And one final question that cropped up quite a few times um, was talking about how do you know what to teach and how do you resource that with student funds and student budgets? We've obviously spoken about how when you're a student, you're obviously not working, you've not got as much money coming in. And I'm not encouraging teachers to go out and spend their money on resources please don't think that's what I'm doing you do not have to do that to be a good teacher but obviously with teacher emails you get perks and benefits of free teacher accounts um, you know and universities are not keen on twinkle always get that universities don't like it kind of see where they're coming from when you're learning to teach because you don't want to just go on and find a powerpoint and not learn the content yourself Mm -hmm. I totally get it but as a teacher unrealistic you don't you don't reinvent the wheel every single lesson you you can't possibly Um, you do need to use some pre-made things but as a student teacher obviously resourcing is really difficult so how would you is there anything you would recommend well there's a lot of doing for that there's a lot of free stuff out there actually and you just need to know where to look yeah so your mentors might tell you they might even give you logins to Mm -hmm. things but if you know where to look then you're on to a winner so there's a lot of free websites that we've mentioned in the past um, math websites and and things for games and all that starters and blah blah blah. And Do you, you want to give back. like a couple, like just recap that really quickly for people who haven't mm. maybe listened to the last one, like a couple of examples. Mathspot. Yep. That is an excellent one for worksheet generators, starters, and um, it's excellent for manipulatives and things like that. Um, top marks again for maths. You want to go on. You want to get games. You want to get a starter. Top Marks is there. We've spoken about Worksheet Genius for various things as well. Yeah. You can also get free trials of most of the big websites. A lot of the big AI generators that you can get, a lot of them have free 30-day trials or whatever. You can go on, sign in and get a load of stuff off there. The One of the best ones at the moment is Kidsbop have a lot of um, activities, games, um, engagement things for yeah, your class. Yeah, like they've got British Sign Language on there. They've got like a, a study time sort of um, that's looking at if you're say like they say it's boosting brain power and keeping distractions at bay and it's all about like a study time playlist and little things like that. They've got brain breaks on there. They've got dance songs. They've got British Sign Language resources. Little things that are free mm-hmm. but like link into your practice really well because yep. it's not just all about the resort like the, the worksheets and the things you're doing it's the management's a hard part of teaching 
and a hard part of learning to teach. So, like I said, Kids Bop have loads on there for just those wee, because, like, extras that you do yeah. that are perfect for learning how to manage a classroom. So, so this episode was uh, a little bit different to our normal episodes. It was a lot more sort of in, involved with the listeners and with a lot more feedback for the listeners and things. So any feedback you have for us based on this episode would be greatly appreciated, whether it's in the form of a review on this podcast, um, wherever you're listening, or it is on our social media. You can get in touch on either of them. Uh, TikTok, um, Teach with Mrs. F. Organised Educator underscore TPT. So give us some feedback if you enjoyed this episode. Obviously, a big bulk of my following and comments come from students student teachers so hopefully you found this beneficial if you're not a student teacher and you listened to this great job uh, thank you for the support we appreciate it uh, but also you can feel free to leave us a review and some feedback please do please do Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Inside Voices. Be sure to come back next week. We're going to be talking about numeracy and how to build a mathematical mindset in our learners. And remember that in here, we use our inside voices. <laughs> <laughs>